Hi everyone, welcome to episode question mark. What? What? Episode? Oh my god, no idea. You okay. know what? what? It, it doesn't matter. It's um, the 2019 episode. It's the okay. first one it's back. It's the first one since we got back because we've had a bit of a delay with everyone coming back from holidays and stuff. So we are yeah. back on. Um, as you can hear, there's only two of us today. It's uh, Marina and Elliot with you. Um, Hello. <laughs> Going to keep it casual because it's two of us. Uh, I'll talk you through what we'll chat about today. Actually, do you know what? We'll just go straight into it. Yeah, let's just, let's go, just straight go straight into, into it. Um, Okie dokie. Happy New Year, everyone, by the way. Um, the most buzzed about documentary at the moment is the Fire Festival documentary. Yes, yeah, so have you seen this yet? I haven't. Do you know what? I was so desperate to watch it last night because I thought if I watch it last, um, the night before, we can talk about it today. Yeah. But I got really distracted and ended up watching Sex Education. Oh, that's brilliant as well. So it's funny, I was like, oh, yeah, but I still wish that I had watched Fire Festival. We can talk about Sex Education though as well. Okay. Because I've watched it now. But yeah. you tell me about fire festival okay so fire festival uh I, I, you must have heard it in the news back when it happened yeah. it was essentially it turned out to be this massive scam it was supposed to be this festival that was going to happen in the bahamas it was supposed to happen on this amazing island they were supposed to have so many acts like major laser i think disclosure was supposed to be there it was all set up by this one guy mm-hmm. um i forgot his name now he's called billy something is it far away or far yeah mcfar mcfar yeah um, and Billy far away. <laughs> <laughs> He's so far away now. He's so he is to be fair. <laughs> I haven't um, watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially, he had this idea to start this festival, um, and it transpired that he was just way in over his head. Mm-hmm. He promised all these things from these festivals, put the tickets on sale even before finding an island to host it on, for example, which is probably the first thing you would do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So took all this money and it was was meant to be this exclusive event. Um, So it it attracted a lot of wealthier young millennials Mm -hmm. that were paying $16,000 just to go to this festival. Essentially, what happened is it How much was it? Like some of these packages, like there was VIP packages, were going up to like sixteen thousand dollars. Jeez, exactly. So even some of the cheaper ones were like. Sorry, but if you've got money to spend sixteen thousand to go on one of these things, yeah, madness. Um, But essentially, it turned out that he had obviously spent a lot of this money on other things, probably rather than the setup of the festival. He falsified his. his documents is like um, income documents and yeah. all that sort of stuff and it's uh, essentially when when the festival came around when it happened it was it was an absolute it was absolute chaos there were instead of the luxury tents that were promised mm-hmm. um, they were leftover emergency shelters from a hurricane why, um, why even bother with okay so this is my question so far this might sound really stupid, but this is coming from someone who hasn't seen it. Do you think his plan all along was to scam people? Or do you think he genuinely genuinely thought he could pull it off by like selling the tickets first and then sorting the rest out later? I think Does I think I think essentially essentially he was looking for a fast way to get money. Okay. And it wasn't necessarily See, it was a scam because obviously they were promised stuff they didn't get. 
But was but it a scam on purpose? That's what I want to know. I think I think it was a scam in as much as he was very much he very much wanted the festival to go ahead, but it was it was from the start and it was never going to be anything like he promised. Yeah. Because he just wanted the money and then he was going to spend as little as possible on this festival. But it just yeah, it just turned into absolute chaos. And the reason it became so popular yeah. is all he had to do in, t- in terms of marketing, right? Oh, oh no, there's a, there's a load of kids have just come in loud. This it's always be happens loud. to us. Last time we tried to record something, we had the same issue. So we've got 20 kids from a local crash, as you can hear, dragging all the chairs out. Um, yes, just, just try and ignore that sound in the background. But essentially, anyway, he... Um, uh, he, he to advertise the event yeah he went to a load of influencers on Instagram yeah um, he even paid I think I think it's Khloe Kardashian he paid yeah uh, $250,000 to put posts on their um, on their Instagram about this event which then led to all these people buying tickets yeah which um, covered the cost of it I'm guessing yeah exactly covered the cost yeah um, so really what, what the documentary explored was this whole idea of how just by getting uh, <laughs> it's quite distracting isn't it? just by getting um, these influences to advertise the event they've managed to make millions and after the documentary now, now I know um, a lot of celebrities in the UK they have now agreed that whenever they put something on Instagram yeah. they're now going to do hashtag ad and make it yeah. clear it's an advert mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the time you do get confused whether it's a personal recommendation Absolutely. or if it's an advert. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there was just loads of topics that came out of it and it was a really good documentary. This is the Netflix one, obviously. Yeah. They've done another one on Hulu. So apparently the Hulu one came out first. So I read an article this morning that says the Hulu one versus the Netflix one. Right. The difference is that the Hulu one um, paid, I think it was 150000 US dollars to have Billy Farland um, yeah, interviewed on it. Yeah, which I don't know if that's... That's so unethical. Yeah, yeah, that's really... Yeah, that's true. You know um, and maybe it's actually really good that Netflix weren't willing to pay yeah, um, to so. have him on there. Although, apparently, it, it did come out afterwards um, that Netflix has been... Apparently, the, the co-associate of... Uh, whatever his Billy or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, who's a rapper? He's a rapper. I forgot his name, but he's a ja rapper. Rule. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that Netflix. He thinks that Netflix play, paid all the people that took part, which might have been true. But all the people that took part were mainly victims. Exactly, yeah. mainly victims. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not paying the person who who did. No. Um, how much responsibility do you think the influencers have? Um, in yeah. This? So this has been a big like yeah. one of the big topics coming out of it. I think. I think they hold a lot of responsibility because at the end of the day, if you become an influencer, you have to you you have to take on the responsibility of the role, right? And that is that you are a role model for yeah. many of your followers. That mm-hmm. a lot of them want to be a lot like you. So if you put something on Instagram that is an ad and you haven't said it's an ad, then they're thinking, oh, this is what they like to do. So this is what I need to do. So I yeah. do think they hold a lot of responsibility. I don't necessarily think that at the end of the day, this was a scam that was committed by one, well, one guy or a group of guys or whatever, mm. um, and they are the ones that should be should should face that. And you but know, if you're Billy's getting Billy paid, thingy Mc, McFarway or whatever yeah. his name is, has gone to prison for it now, and he's had to. Oh yeah, um, how long is he in for? Six years. 
Right. Um, and I think he's he owes about $24 million as well as that. So did um, in the Netflix documentary, do you actually see people like arriving on the island? And yeah. then, so what happens? So what, they arrive there, it's obviously not they what... They arrive there, yeah. it's an absolute... It just looks unbelievable like so unprepared for this amount these amount of people i think it was just a third of the people that were supposed to come actually ended up coming um the artists were all cancelled yeah um even by the time people had got there it's crazy um, they all then were like uh, so so uh, they were like well where's our vip huts where's our vip tents where's our houses because some of them had done like this air of b&b stuff yeah where are our houses and it had all been set up by the fire company yeah and Billy McFarway whatever his name is stood on a table and he just said you've just all got tents and you'll just have to go and get your like secure your tent See, now they all ran to the tents these tents were um, the shelters they, they were just mm. like flapping in the wind the beds in there were <laughs> mattresses like, I saw yeah mattresses like, yeah, people so were gross. nicking other people's mattresses um, apparently with the catering they were promised like this deluxe food they ended up with just like a cheese sandwich um, yeah. and there's probably no Wi-Fi for you to like yeah, get a flight back exactly. straight away um you, you know, should definitely watch it. Yeah, but the thing is, you saying all this makes me feel that he didn't do it on purpose. I'm not defending it, like, trust me. I think me, you should I'm, watch it before I'm the you last, judge, yeah. yeah, but it just sounds like he had, he, he was in over his head. Because there's I no way that, you can get away with that. He must have known. There's no way you can set up a festival like that, see that you've made, you know, for want of a better word, yeah. like a poop show of the whole thing and think that you're going to get away with it. But it's interesting because it doesn't just tell you about that business venture, it tells you about some of his pre- previous business okay, ventures. Okay, so this guy's a crook. Yeah, yeah, including this loyalty card. And it, his idea at the start was just, it, it's always been to get as much money. To I, I think the way to put it is he's very much an exploiter of millennials and okay. that whole influence... Uh, he's seen of, like an opportunity yeah. in it, yeah. And, and some people say, you know, he's just seen an opportunity, he's an amazing entrepreneur, but other people just say he's just out to scam young um, people, essentially. So were local people hurt as well in the yeah. process? Yeah, so one of the, well, all of the um, people that worked on the site, they weren't paid, yeah. um, and particularly one of the th- people that the documentary focused on was this lady who ran a, uh, a cafe out there, yeah. and she was given the catering contract for... Billy McFarway, whatever his name yeah. is, he promised her a five-year contract because they were going to come back every year to and um, do this. And she probably believed and, every word. Well, why yeah. wouldn't she? Yeah. And he said, look, you just have to put in some of your own investments. So she apparently spent... Oh, her some, own money? Yeah, her own money. Something like forty or $50,000 um, of, of her own money. Yeah. And she lost it all. And... Um, do you this know is what I think they should do? All the influencers which got paid to promote it should donate that money back to these people. Definitely. That's the one good thing that's do. come out of it is after the documentary, yeah. a uh, crowdfunding thing was set up and apparently she's raised something like sixty or seventy thousand oh, dollars okay. now, which is good. So at least she gets her money back. Yeah, that's but thanks to Netflix for exposing it is, that. Exactly, yeah. it is. And um, but on this documentary, she was just in tears because she just said, more than anything, I'm just so hurt because you know, like she put all her trust in this person. Yeah. Because he does come across as this really nice guy, but the reality Would is... Would you be interested to see that bit of his interview on Hulu? Yeah. On the Hulu documentary, so. yeah, yeah, just to see, see what he's genuine, like. If he comes across genuine Yeah, just to see what he's like. We'll have a look after our recording to see if there's like a clip of it on yeah. YouTube, but that is apparently the main difference between the 
Hulu one and the Netflix one that you actually get to hear from him himself. Yeah, but it's like um, when he first got arrested, this documentary on Netflix was saying, um, he was saying how he had lost everything, he had no money left anymore, he was living in the basement of his parents' house. He got arrested, went to prison. Somehow, a $380,000 bail got posted. Yeah. So this money came from somewhere. And then he came out of prison and started living in a, uh, in a hotel uh, penthouse room, which was... You can't even imagine how much no. money that costs. So he's clearly lying. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, where this money's coming from, but what an absolute crook. Yeah, exactly. So no, but it's certainly, I Worth recommend watching. you watch. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what the Hulu one is like. I don't know, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd want to watch an interview with him because I just don't want to give him the you time of day. Feel a bit sick. Day, yeah. You know? um, the other thing is you'd have to sign up to Hulu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have to. It's not just an American thing. Then they have it worldwide. Or they have it worldwide. It's supposed to compete with Netflix and um, in the article that I read this morning in the news what they were trying to do was basically try and get an edge on Netflix so they found out the date that Netflix were airing their documentary they said that they would um, air it on the same day but then as a surprise launched it three days before so that they'd have everyone watching theirs first. That's cheeky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then what they wanted was basically all these celebrities to watch it on Hulu, promote it, um, and then nobody nobody would bother watching the Netflix one because they were like, everyone would have really seen it. But I love Netflix original yeah. stuff, so just, just because of the quality of their, their, and, and their also, shows, you know. Every, most or most um, articles that I've read about it now yeah. They all talk about the Netflix one. Yeah, not the Hulu so one. I, yeah. I'm um, and just by watching the trailers as well, there is, like you say, there is something about a Netflix original oh, that is yeah. just so much better. It's well than, done, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and Hulu really one well looks done, really yeah. tacky to me. But like, really take for example, like a show like Chef's Table that Netflix created. Yeah. It's so incredibly well filmed. Um, the the artistic like decisions that they've made in it are fantastic um, so I trust Netflix for that reason yeah exactly okay bringing me on to my next topic which is really sad actually but depressed five year olds um, who are struggling with therapy because it can be really hard for a five year old to sit through an entire session of therapy um, the NHS have backed a new um, campaign a health campaign which is which has created apps to help um, help people get over their depression. So you can use these apps on smartphones and computers, and essentially what they do is help um, release endorphins in young children. I don't know what you think of this, but at least for me, I feel like depression is one of those illnesses that where sure you can feel better when you play the game but I want these kids to feel better in all aspects of their lives I want when they switch off their phones to still feel better and not just be happy in the moment of their phones because if they're a lot of them are basically unhappy interacting at school and stuff um, maybe that's the issue that needs to be addressed rather than distracting them with fun apps you know it's like yeah well done that they're happy on their apps but Um, Some examples of these games, which are also available to adults, um, they call it the Happy Gaming series. So there's a game called Sparks, where players have an avatar um, where they have to defeat 
negative thoughts right. called gnats and you, you like in the same way where like you know like fruit ninja was it fruit ninja yeah yeah fruit ninja you, yeah. yeah you chop up all the negative thoughts and apparently that helps you to feel better in real life there's plenty other ones I'll tell you at the end um, but just want right. to hear what you think of it I think I think it's very like you say it's so sad yeah. that, uh, that there are five year olds that are being Diagnosed, diagnosed with depression, with depression. Yeah. it's so sad I and would look at why first. yeah and that's because yeah. that's such an unbelievably young age where kids are full of innocence and you know they should certainly not have be, yeah, yeah and should, certainly should not have the stress and, and and just depression on their on their minds at that age you know they should be really enjoying their childhood yeah so firstly that's really like that's quite upsetting really secondly I just like I don't know. It's because I've been watching this. Um, I don't know if you know Channel Four in the UK. They do this uh, Secret Life of Four Year Olds. Oh, I love that. Yeah, show. and they, they do it where they put love them into a care show. home. Yeah, and they interact with the older people. I love that. Um, but w- anyway, one of, for one of these um, episodes, they had three kids, and they showed them when they were talking to each other and playing with the stuff around the room compared to when they came in with three tablets and gave them the tablets. Yeah. And these kids just completely shut off from the yeah. world. They didn't speak to each other. Yeah. And then the teacher, she crept in whilst they were on their tablets and put loads of treats out, like chocolates and stuff. To see if they'd noticed. The kids didn't notice them. Not that until so the teacher came back in and said, that's enough of the tablet now. And even then they're like, oh no, no, no. And then after yeah. a while, they noticed the treats, were happy as anything, had the treats, and then were like, oh, should we go and play together then? And yeah. I don't think you can beat that kind of social interaction as a kid because yeah. I think it's it's so important. And I think, like you say, you, they, they really need to see where this depression is stemming from. Yeah. And obviously it could be a whole whole load of um, matters can they? it could be where you know their, their living situation it could be at school um, but I, I, I don't know whether sitting them in front of a phone to play games is help, necessary yeah. like you say maybe it's just a short term solution well they've said here that you know obviously group therapy sessions and you know real life treatments are of course um, the first choice option but um, the NHS is struggling to you know over the years the NHS has declined um, yeah. that's something that's just unavoidable um, and unfortunately it means that they're not able to take care of the amount of people with depression just to give you some statistics you've got at least 260,000 school age children in England um, 3% of children who suffer from depression um, you've got 70,000 under 18s who were prescribed with antidepressants last year including almost 2,000 children who are of primary school age um, just despite the fact that experts are saying that that is the least uh, likely affected age group um, so with the NHS not coping they're creating these kind of digital solutions um, I really, I, you know, I would, pre- as a digital solution, I would actually even prefer to have volunteers do FaceTime and talk to these kids yeah. rather than stick them in front of an app because there's no monitoring, there's no real release, um, there's no response. I'm just not sure that it's the right way forward. I know that the NHS isn't coping, but I'm also not sure that this is the answer either. Yeah. Um, in the US, they've got a new system because their healthcare system is a bit messy as well. Um, <laughs> 
if you can't get to a doctor, if you can't get an appointment at the doctor's, then you go on FaceTime and they link you up with a doctor who's sat in his office somewhere and your prescription can be sent to you by a, a delivery person. Wow. So you don't even have to leave the house. You just say your symptoms face to face. I think there's uh, so much positives to that as well. But then I guess there can be dangers as well because you can't you can't physically examine someone, you know. And I don't know yeah. like so if 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 someone's really really in a troubled situation and maybe their FaceTime isn't quite good enough. No, is it? exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, I think like it's just really sad that. We're talking about five-year-olds with depression. I, I just know. don't know how on earth can a five-year-old be depressed unless there's something seriously going wrong. I think usually the ones who are really depressed, don't forget there's a lot of families where there's no support from the parents yeah, or maybe yeah. they're, they're not being raised right or the parents aren't, aren't so these may emotionally be present. these have, have moved away from their from their original families maybe. or their families just aren't maybe their mum maybe their own parents are depressed yeah. and neglecting them you know neglect abuse um, there's a lot of reasons I just think that we need better we need better ways to deal with it you know I believe that there are kids who are depressed and I think most of the well, time they're very serious reasons yeah, like parents yeah. not being able to actually be there for their kids maybe they've got a I drinking problem or a drug problem something that child services has to really really look into how they can best help these kids because they can't just uh, you know take them away from a family then sit them in front of a phone yeah to, yeah and i use this app to get better yeah. then it doesn't work like that they need yeah. they need some support um so some of these examples of the apps that they have so we just spoke about sparks where you chop up um your negative thoughts the other one is called champions of the shenger where uh, players must be must stay focused to win these magical duels and collect spells and then they wear a heart rate sensor while they play and they're taught breathing techniques as well um, and then another one which is already used on the NHS is called ESO um, where you have written conversations with a computer robot and you express yourself to a robot basically okay in, in, in another, to try and balance up my view, I guess the benefit of that is that in today's day and age, tablets and phones are, are the technology that kids They probably feel more comfortable in front with, of yeah. that than, than a person, and which I think is sad. Maybe, maybe a five-year-old is more willing to share their problems with a robot yeah. than an actual adult. Unfortunately, I think you might be you right. And, and these games as well. I think sometimes you, you, could, you could plonk a game in front of, in front of a kid as long as they enjoy playing the game, they might not actually know that this game is helping them because yeah. it's letting them tack all the, tackle their negative sort of thoughts and emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that respect, it might be good. Um, yeah. I think it's just got, it's, as, a, as with everything, there's got to be a bit of a balance, isn't there? Yeah, and probably well monitored. Um, speaking of technology... There is a cool new interactive app which uh, listeners are welcome to try. It's a free app. It's called Unread, uh, U-N-R-D. It's available on Android and also Apple devices. And essentially, it's an interactive thriller mystery um, story which needs to be solved. And you can solve it through reading um, conversations. So what's happened is, um, I can give you an example. There's a few. What they do is you can get a code and share the code with your 
friends so you all try and solve the same mystery I think that's quite nice because I've got a group chat with my friends you know we all live abroad and uh, so it's somebody who suggested that we do it on there saying you know let's try and solve this together so in this one this is from what they've told me because I'm too scared to download it obviously um, you have a, a girl who's gone missing and you have her phone so you can look through all her messages before she went missing to figure out what happened to her. Wow. Yeah. So for anybody who's into interactive games, then it's uh, quite a good quite a good thing to try and a quite a good thing that you can share it with friends and all have the same experience. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, it's, it's called really Unread, cool. UNRD. Yeah. Um, okay, next topic. Um, we were speaking about influencers needing to take more responsibility, and it was actually quite a good segue into this article. So, Spice Girls um, released a charity t shirt with comic relief. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's been revealed that these T-shirts, which cost £19.40, uh, actually cost... Uh, the women who were paid to make it were paid 35 pence per hour to make these T-shirts. Wow. And, and they were working up to 16 hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, in a Bangladesh factory. What was that for? Comic relief? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it just goes to show that influencers and celebrities don't do their homework I'm sorry but you don't like I love the Spice Girls and they're saying now you know they really regret it and you know they feel really bad about these low wage contracts and these bad working conditions but I'm sure you weren't thinking that when you were selling the t-shirts promoting them like you know what obviously they take they have to take responsibility but I think what's even more shocking is Comic Relief, an institution that is supposed to help true. people yeah, that's like also that. True. Yeah, that's true. And is, they've got the experience to help. Exactly. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, the Spice Girls probably have very little to do with the merchandise, apart yeah. from that it has their name on it. But um, do you think that they should have... Do you think that there's a... That's the thing I'm saying, like, with the influencers, do you think that their responsibility is to look up, you know, the fire Festival? Should they have, like, checked it before they were promoting it? Um, the Spice Girls, should they have, like, checked where the T-shirts came from? Or do you think it's fair enough that they put their trust into the company that pays them? I, I Yeah, I think it's difficult. I think, at the end of the day... If you want to protect your name and your brand name, you have to double check everything nowadays. Yeah. You have to check everything in depth. And yeah, I, I, so I do think in that respect, influencers do have a responsibility. Yeah. Um, at the same time, obviously, it, it's down to the company that they hire as yeah. well. But yeah I, I don't know and if that company fails then then that's the Spice Girls opportunity to maybe sue them and, and, and they could always give that money to 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 some sort of foundation but I don't know it is awful because it's comic relief and we have such faith in comic relief usually this don't we this is the we? thing and I, I think you have to also recognise that whilst this is awful it's it doesn't often happen and it's very good it is rare when yeah. it happens yeah. that it's spoken about mm-hmm. but this should not um it shouldn't damage comic release reputation because they've done so much good um, yeah. so much good particularly for for um, poverty uh, poverty in Africa and you know and that so yeah yeah I don't know uh, next topic is we spoke about engagement rings ages ago oh, on yeah. our show I can't remember what was the topic of the engagement oh, rings oh was it the pound lands? Yeah. Uh, cost a pound. No, but I mean, yeah, oh. um, me, you and Sam spoke about engagement rings in another podcast. Oh, right. Okay. 
Um, so the so Poundland have re- have released one. Pa- Sorry, it's ridiculously loud in here. Um, Poundland have released one pound engagement rings. So they just cost a pound to buy and they, there's lots of different designs. And people are saying they're really thankful for them because some people want to propose but they don't have enough money for a ring yet. So yeah. it's like a placeholder. And then when you can finally afford your ring, you can buy the ring that you want. But at least you've done the proposal. How do you feel about having that as an option? Would you ever go use that as an option? Um... I don't think I would. Do you feel too proud to buy a Poundland ring and propose with it? Honestly. Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I just think, for me anyway, I think for, for an engagement, you want it to be special. And even if that ring is £100, then I, I feel like it's just a lot more thought has gone into it. But I understand that not everyone... A hundred pounds, Elliot. The thing is, these days, the expectation is that your ring is three months your salary. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying people have to stick with that, but I'm just saying yeah, yeah, like, yeah. with that in mind. But I think like for engagement rings nowadays, because because of the cost of it, I think a lot of people, and, and because I hate to say it, but I think people's expectations have gone up. Yeah. So you hear stories about how this, um, you know, uh, wife wasn't happy or woman wasn't happy that's what with, we saw with, we, uh, yes. yeah with engagement yes. ring that uh, has diamond on it, it or yes. something like I that remember this. Yeah. and so I, I think there's a lot of pressure I think I would prefer engaging with um, proposing, a hundred, with, proposing yeah. with a um, hundred pound ring yeah. and then decide and then and then taking her with me to the shop and to saying look one. what do you want for your actual wedding day and for the rest of your life and then yeah and then pay three months salary so why not do that with one pound why not do that with the one pound ring because it's made of plastic (laughs) 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 so I just think it is there's there's always a balance you know (laughs) you're like a bit in between would be good yeah Yeah. something that's actually metal (laughs) some people are saying that the issue with the one pound engagement rings is that when you propose with it before the woman even or man even says yes are you supposed to say by the way it's not the real thing it's the plastic one from Poundland because they were saying if you are saying that it could aren't come you, across as a joke aren't you it? ruining the mood a bit as well yeah. by saying that um, but I think at the end of the day a proposal is a proposal and I think that even the thought of you know proposing is... I think it's made maybe it, it more um, more achievable for a lot of people yeah. being able to have that option yeah it's a um, shame that there's so much, um, there's always so much fluff around like the ring and the price and everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it seems to matter so much nowadays, where it's really you should just be in love with each other. But Would well, you not <laughs> think that a lot of this has to do with social media and the fact yeah, that people absolutely. post their rings? Yeah. I mean, so they want to put it on their story. Yeah, or, <laughs> or like the first thing people look at is like, oh, show me the ring. Actually, I think my mum was saying that's always been around, that whole show yeah, me your ring yeah. thing. Because as soon as someone gets engaged, that's what you say, isn't it? Oh, show me the ring. What's it like? Yeah. And maybe you don't mean to. Because I do when my friends get engaged. So I, I, like maybe you don't mean to. Maybe it's just something that you get used to saying. So let me put it back to you. Yeah. Say if you had been proposed to with a Poundland ring, Poundland ring. Yeah. Would you feel embarrassed showing that off to people? No, because I because it's a, if it was a placeholder, I wouldn't. Okay. If I knew that I was gonna get um yeah and like because a friend of mine she got proposed to with a Claire's accessory ring yeah. and it was like a giant pink diamond like plastic diamond <laughs> and then they went to choose their ring afterwards and her ring is amazing right, and she yeah. got to choose it you that's know nice so well. that's really and they got the ring after the wedding so after they had the huge expense of the wedding they then brought the ring yeah. and 
they obviously then had more money to buy it as well so I think if it's well thought through I really really don't mind if you want me to wear the pound and ring for the rest of my life no probably not going to be very happy about that <laughs> but yeah. if it's a placeholder and we can choose something together yeah, then yeah I think it's a good idea by pound and yeah. but um, the only thing that's come out recently about it is the amount of packaging that oh. on this on this ring which there's so right. much plastic packaging is which there? they could have cut oh. down on I'm sure but um that's a shame yeah so that's kind of hindered it a little bit but it's you know for a pound can't go wrong yeah for a plastic ring the thing is it's a place just propose with a yeah. Harry bow yeah yeah you know exactly that will do last on your finger for a few, few weeks do something cute yeah exactly <laughs> um, or in a star is born not to ruin it or anything but oh, don't. Bradley Cooper cuts a bit of um, a guitar string and makes a ring out of it to propose with oh wow I think that's really cute well, that is quite nice yeah I yeah. loved that moment yeah. um, okay next topic uh, is about the contraceptive pill for men So, um, the contraceptive pill for men has been in development for years now, and it's still in the early trial trial phases, but it has proven to be very successful. And the interesting thing is that a new study um, has said that 8 in 10 Brits think women and men should share responsibility for the contraception. What do you think? Ah... I don't like the idea of it, if I'm honest. Okay. Because I'm worried. Obviously, I know I know women have to do this. They have to have the pill. They have to have the uh, thing in their arm, don't they? The implant, the yeah. Implant. Or a coil. Or a coil, or, yeah. yeah well, coils so are particularly dangerous, aren't they? Um, they can be if they're not well done. Yeah, yeah they can be. And they have be. to be replaced and... As, as does the um, yeah there's a risk of infection with all of these yeah because yeah, they go it's, it's a foreign thing going into your exactly. body so there and, is and, a risk. and that body could reject it at the end of the day yeah, they? yeah. Um, and, and I think because of the risks for me I just and I know because because women obviously take on this these risks all the time yeah. because they, they they always have an implant or they take contraception we've just grown up knowing yeah that that's just what we're but i'd be so with. my biggest concern would be infertility if it, if it if it had an effect on that right so they are saying um that it does lower your sperm count if you use it for a yeah, lot see, of you know, a really lot of years yeah you're not alone in this because what they're saying is um so the poll is saying eight out of ten brits think women and men should share the responsibility but shockingly a quarter of a men would definitely not be willing to take a male contraceptive pill with another quarter saying they would probably not why because because of the potential side effects such as mood swings bloating and skin problems but these are the side effects that women have been dealing with for years so it's like why should we have to deal with it if but your thing about saying that it could make you um infertile is that what you're saying yeah yeah um it's a fear that women have had yeah i know it's a fear that we've had you know we, we even though we're very comfortable with the pill because we've had it for so long it's still a fear that we have that if we've been using it for 10 20 years what is this going to do to my my fertility okay so this this is i do not agree with this at all i agree with you in the sense that well i don't know if this is your view in the sense that it should be a shared thing it should be you know should have equal responsibility yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna well, yeah because i've had to live it and use it yeah. So yeah what would you say to the people that say no it's a woman's responsibility the woman is the one that can get pregnant so it's a woman's responsibility to control 
I would say then you shouldn't be having sex. If that's your thought, then you should not be having sex. If there's not even enough... If you're not even balanced enough in your thinking to realise it's a two-way thing, yeah. it's just really unfortunate that it has been this way for so long yeah. because it's really hard to convince you. I mean, it, it would probably be the same the other way around. If men were the ones who had always had the contraceptive pill and it had never been my responsibility and suddenly someone says to me, Marina, you need to do it, I'd be like, what? I can understand that because you've come, you're coming from a place of... of comfort and you don't know you know what these bloating and bad skin and what all these things feel like yeah. so i can understand from th- from that point of view why people might be nervous but respect the fact that we've had to deal with this for you know for such a long time and i think like i, like I feel that i'm you know when I, whenever i've um had sex or whatever i am very conscious about using a condom and stuff like that so yeah. i feel like that I feel like I've taken care in a way of my side of things, and so I know what, yeah. I know a condom can never be a hundred percent. You know, it could split. You don't know, or and, and a lot a lot of things for wearing a condom is is protecting you against STDs, um, yeah, and sex, sexually yeah. transmitted diseases and stuff. Because um, some would say that you should use the pill and really, the condom. yeah. So I, I would just feel I know like like women obviously do it, but yeah, I would feel really scared. To take the pill. Yeah, I would hate to be. Yeah, that's how we feel. Yeah, that's how we. And as soon as women come off their pill, their first question to the doctor is, "Oh my god, is my body going to go back to normal?" It's a fear that we all have, and I don't. I would like men to be able to experience that fear as well and still have to go for it. Yeah. I would. I like that this is progressing, and I like that there's an option. And I would like to be able to say to my husband, look, it's, it's you now. You're going to have to take the pill for the next 10 years. I've taken it for the first 10 years. Now you take it for the next 10 years. Yeah. I'd kind of like that, to be honest with you. So is this, is this like... Because I, I just wonder who is this aimed at? Because if it... Is it aimed at couples that are married? Because essentially... It's anyone. You, 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 it's anyone who would be. Or is it men that sleep with a lot of people? Or no, they... they don't advise it for that because obviously it doesn't protect you from STDs. Right. Okay. Um, but think about well, think about which women are use the contraceptive pill. Yeah. Not just true. married women, right? So yeah. it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's interesting. One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been met with a lot of resistance from men. So you are not alone in that, Elliot. Yeah. Um, okay, so everyone was a big fan of the 10-year challenge. Um, and the science, there is actual science behind why people were so into the 10-year challenge. Um, did you do it? Yes. I, I, under pressure, because I wasn't going to do it. And then a week or two into it, loads yeah. of people were doing it. I thought, oh, why not? So apparently one of the reasons why everyone liked it so much, because it's technically just a stupid... It's just like a, a novelty thing, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. The reason why people liked it was because it was um, an excusable way to ask people for compliments. So for people to get attention and get compliments, people say to you, oh, you look the same as you did 10 years ago, mm. or for people to get a lot of likes. And the science says that the reason why people like social media and social media campaigns so much is because it feeds our ego in a way which is not... Um, what's the word for it? You're not shamelessly asking for attention. Yeah. You're just posting what everyone else is posting. But that's why everyone was so obsessed with it. Oh, wow. Did you do it? 
I did do it. Uh, there we I are. didn't really understand it, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, you didn't quite do it right. No, I don't think I did it right. I didn't know that you're supposed to put two pictures yeah. beside each other, and actually, I just posted a ton of pictures from 10 years ago. Oh, right. Um, right. But another thing is, people were saying that it was a really good way to connect people, yeah. um, and that's why a lot of people did it. You know, they could tag people in yeah. old photos uh, and basically reach out to people that they might not speak to as often anymore. So there I you think go. it's nice in a way as well. I think the, for me, you. Uh, for a lot of friends that uh, that did it that maybe I'm not as in touch with anymore yeah putting a photo uh, like from 10 years ago you realise like yeah I remember that guy yeah like, not, not, not that you don't remember them still yeah, but, but it's you're like, like oh yeah you're how's me- he I remember doing? exactly yeah. how he looked or yeah. I remember exactly how she looked and how like uh, how they were back then I've yeah. barely spoken to them since and you're like maybe you should reach out to them and say hello did you? No. <laughs> you could have done. Yeah, I know, I could have done. And um, it was nice for me as well, because I was like, God, I did look quite young. It was yeah. when I was when Well, I yours was 12, must have been so. really different. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I looked like an absolute moron. I had, like, aviator glasses on and was pretending to be cool by while taking photos on my webcam or something. <laughs> um, had this awful jumper on that looked like a tea towel. Primark special, that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, it was a nice thing to do. But um, another story that came out about it was um, apparently, like, it's all um, conspiracy yeah. theories. But the Facebook initiated it so that they could actually um, collect data <gasps> on how people change in their looks in 10 years, like oh between 10 God. years. So they can see the development and that will help them with their facial tracking in the because future. Because they have got facial recognition already, exactly. haven't they? So they're essentially by you uploading it to Facebook or Instagram they're actually kind of collecting all that data and they can run it through their systems to see of course it is that makes sense doesn't it yeah it's interesting because they're they're already using it to tag photos and don't you think that's their way of collecting data on you as well yeah exactly and at the end of the day like like it it will end up being that um, someone posts a photo a random stranger yeah and Facebook you might accidentally be in the background of that photo you don't even know it it's like and they'll know that Facebook you were there you're there at that certain point without you even uploading anything trying to put a positive twist on this could it be that it will make it easier to catch criminals yeah true yeah if Facebook shares it with but I guess um, that's why governments are trying to get more access to social media and what's that what's the general consensus of the government getting access to it is it invasion of privacy i think the general consensus is that but then at the same time i think a lot of people particularly in the uk they're very much of the thought that i really don't like they really don't care if someone wants to snoop on your stuff because you're not hiding anything no but if criminals are hiding anything then they it's a really good way for them to be caught yeah um I think, I think what's good is that so although governments will introduce this these laws and stuff so that they can easily get hold of data if someone's being criminal, mm-hmm. um, a lot of social media sites like uh, like WhatsApp for example they have end to end encryption which means it's impossible for a government to see what you've written unless they've actually got a device and that message is still saved on there. So why have they done that? Um, it, purely so that governments can't intercept messages. So yeah. say because it can you, be used badly as well. Can't yeah, because yeah. if, if you were to send a text to someone, you know, have you ever have you sent a text recently? I haven't sent a text for years, yeah. but <laughs> you know, it's all iMessage and that now, isn't it? Yeah. But um, if you send a text to someone, yeah. that text 
file is then stored um, from whatever whatever I don't know um, cell mast captures it so the yeah. police can see what exactly what you've written okay. whereas uh, WhatsApp this end-to-end encryption is that they can't intercept the message as it's being sent or anything yeah. because it's just sent as random but at the same time code. I wouldn't I wouldn't really mind my messages being intercepted because no, it's nothing to I did I've got first of all as you said there's nothing yeah. interesting in my thing that would interest the government anyway and there there was a lot of um, news coverage when we had a lot of the terrorist attacks that um, a lot of the terrorist groups use WhatsApp groups to yeah, communicate yeah. and if that means that they can intercept a terrorist attack it's worrying. It's I don't worrying, have yeah. a yeah. it's worrying if they can't do that yeah know. my issue is um, it being used for commercial reasons yeah. you know like when you you know like when I said to my friend the, I said to my friend the other day oh I need to buy one of those diffusers at home yeah. like over WhatsApp I said it oh no the best one is this one in my group chat we've got about 10 girls and they were saying in the summer that the most ideal food is gazpacho oh yeah and as soon as somebody said that gazpacho started appearing on it's all weird, our feeds it? it makes you yeah. uncomfortable and that is, so it's like so you're not giving it to the government to keep us safe yeah. but you are selling are it to M&S yourself, to come yeah, and post on my which is very unethical thing. in my opinion yeah but um yeah Oh, okay. So the 10-year challenge might not be so innocent after all. Yeah. Okay, we've got Valentine's Day coming up, and this Dear DJs is related to Valentine's okay. Day, so I thought it'd be a good time to do it. Yeah. So, Dear DJs, I've been speaking for nearly six months with a guy I met on Tinder, but we haven't met up yet. We've been comfortably texting and have both said that when we have time and the time is right, we should meet up, even just as friends, to see if there's any chemistry. He's really good looking and part of me is probably intimidated by him. Um, Sorry, I've lost my place. Sorry, probably intimidated by the idea of finally meeting someone I get on so well with over text. He's finally asked me for dinner, but he's asked if we can meet on Valentine's Day. I don't know if I should go for it or is it just too much pressure to meet on Valentine's? What should I do? Wow. Firstly, Valentine's is quite a while away. Yeah. So still, it's... Well, they've been speaking for six months and they haven't met up, so... Yeah, that's... Bit... bit, Well, I would say alarm bells ringing, yeah. But, um, (laughs) you know, if you haven't met up by now... Yeah, apparently they just get on really well by message and she's waiting for the right time. I don't really know. Can you imagine, though, if they meet up and it's just it doesn't click at all? It's just a waste of six months. But then you've been wasting all that time. True, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, I I think Valentine's Day is a bit of an odd one to choose. I I wonder why he's gone for that. Yeah. Because there is a lot of pressure on Valentine's Day to, you know, you're going to be, if you go out for dinner or something, you're going to be surrounded by couples. Are you going to go on a first date on Valentine's Day? Why not, right? Mm. What I do you know. think? Not, I don't know. Like, would Valentine's you rather day. sit at home alone? Re- yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> then, then go on a first date on that yeah. day, yeah. Because I just think that... It's awkward, isn't it? Yeah, I think it puts a lot of pressure on you. And I think as well, it's... Um, I think Valentine's Day is very much for for couples, isn't it? And I don't, I don't think you necessarily want to see that when you're on a first date. It's a, I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Unless you really hit it off with that person. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's one way of, I suppose, not being home alone. But, you know, when I, if I was ever single on Valentine's Day, my God, I used to love it. 
I say this guy is scared to be alone on Valentine's Day, you know? I think so. Because maybe, he, maybe it's an image thing for him. Yeah, because he's not been motivated to meet up with you all this time. Yeah. Suddenly, a month away, you got Valentine's What's Day. What's he going to do? Like, Put it all on his Instagram or Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say to meet up with him before. I would as well. Absolutely. I would Even say, just for yeah, a coffee. Call, call him on his bluff and just say, you know what? It's been a long time and we haven't met up. And as Elliot said, we might be wasting our time. Yeah. Let's grab a coffee. Just have a coffee with him and just try and figure out why he's chosen Valentine's Day because I don't like going out. You know, I'm married and I don't like going out on Valentine's Day because, first of all, they always make you take the Valentine's Day menu. Yeah, exactly. Expensive. Yeah, exactly. I just want my normal food out. Do they have to get a gift for each other? Yeah, exactly. Is he going to bring you flowers? You're going to walk around with flowers down the street. Is he going to pay for the meal or not? I don't know. Like. You might get a free meal out of it, so that might be an incentive. But at the same time, he might expect you to pay Food half. Food is and then never you're just, good on Valentine's Yeah, day. and you just then end up, you end up having to pay out on something that wasn't that enjoyable. Yeah, I'm saying, just say, listen, it's really nice of you. Might be a good idea, but first, let's meet up for a coffee. I think so. I think it's, um, if it's been six months, you just you you need a non-pressurized situation to have your first day and catch up over dinner or so, or, or coffee or lunch first. Yeah. Yeah. Break the ice first. So that it's not so much pressure, because you're yeah. right, it's a lot of pressure to meet up on Valentine's Day. And as Elliot says, there must be a reason why he's chosen this day, it's weird. Also, I um, know that this year it lands on like a Thursday or something. Yeah, an awkward and day. Yeah, it's awkward. I don't know why he's done that. There must mm. be a reason to it. So yeah, it's I would say suss him out. Interesting, please let us know what you did. Yeah, yeah. suss him out, text him, uh, text him, sorry, email in to marina or elliot at rcityradio.com so that we can find out how your date went. Um, and also to everyone else, uh, do let us know if you have any... Yeah, if you have if a you have DJ, any, yeah, send them our DJs, way. Yeah. And we'll try or and give you some advice. any topics you want us to debate as well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, we'll be back next Friday. With some yes. more topics to talk about, yes. and some more banter, and some lovely music, and probably some shouting kids as well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd like to subscribe, um, well, if you're listening now, you've subscribed probably, or you might not have, but do subscribe, and give us a five-star rating as well. Um, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, so we are, we're growing on the list of services. You've got no excuse not to You've listen to no us. You've got no excuse. Um, Right, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.